Teachings that do not speak of pain have no meaning, because humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return. In alchemy, to obtain something, something of equal value must be lost. This is Equivalent Exchange. Welcome to Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about Fullmetal Alchemist by Hiromu Arakawa. I'm Kayla. Oh, sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ellen. And I'm Kazum. <laughs> okay, good, we're all here. Yeah. I was here the whole time, really. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to be discussing chapters 25 and 26. Yay. So we're going to go uh, right on into our... Uh, Summary recap and uh, then go into discussion, like always. Yay! So, chapter 25 opens with one last little bit of flashback Ed and Al burning down their house before their journey. They watch the flames engulf the house and everything in it, with Winry, Panaco, and even Den at their sides watching as well. Now there's no turning back, Ed says, and Al agrees. Beside them, tears begin to run down Winry's face, and Ed somewhat frantically asks why she's the one who's crying at this. She can't quite get an explanation out, but Ed smiles at her anyway. You've always been a crybaby, haven't you, Winry? He says. Back in the present at last, the Curtis home is silent while Izumi and Sig take in everything they just heard from Ed and Al. After a long moment, Izumi sighs and says, Down the road about three blocks, you'll find a coffin store. Go buy two in your sizes. <laughs> she looms over the terrified boys. But she settles down quickly and sighs again. All jokes aside, I told you time and time again to stay away from human transmutation. So the student makes the same mistake as the teacher. Ed looks up. Wait, teacher, you also? Izumi puts a hand over her abdomen. They took some of my insides, she says. You guys really are the biggest fools. We're sorry, the boys say, looking down. She spends a little while scolding and insulting them while they meekly apologize and agree with each one. Then her face softens and she says, it must have been tough. Ed looks a little surprised. No, we brought it on ourselves, he says, so I guess we kind of got what we deserved. He looks to Al, who agrees. You fools, Izumi says again, and she stands and comes over to wrap her arms around them both. You don't have to hold back. It looks shocked, then both boys sink into the embrace. I'm sorry, they say. I'm sorry. A little later, Ed and Al walk through the hall with Izumi. She comments to Ed that getting his government license at age 12 is something most people would call genius, which Ed protests. It's just that I saw that thing, he says. Izumi says that just doing that and surviving is enough to call him a genius. Even though you are my apprentice, I'm impressed by you, she tells him. She then stops walking and turns to face the boys. But I still have to hold true to my principles. You're both expelled. Ed now looks shocked. I didn't teach you alchemy so you could end up with bodies like those, she continues. You're no longer my apprentices. Al starts to argue, but Ed holds out a hand to stop him. The trains are still running, Izumi says, turning to leave. Go home. Ed clenches his fist, looking pained, but bows his head and says, Thank you for everything. Later again, Sig walks the boys to the train station, and we finally hear the story of Izumi's visit with the truth. While she was pregnant with her first child, Izumi became deathly ill, he explains. She fought hard, and the doctors did their best, but the child didn't make it to term. After that, she was left with a body that could never give birth again. She said, I'm sorry, the whole night long, even though it wasn't her fault. I think that's when she started thinking about human transmutation, and you already know the result. But I was the fool for not realizing what she was up to sooner. The boys are silent through the whole thing. When they reach the station, Sig invites them to come by again whenever they're in the area, and Ed and Al, confused, point out that they've been expelled. Don't you get it, Sig says? Now that you no longer have a master-apprentice relationship, it means you can speak to one another as peers. So do you still think there's any need to stay away? Ed and Al look at each other, then Ed runs a hand through his hair in frustration. Al, what did we come to Dublin for anyway, he asks, and the boys take off running back toward the butcher shop. Don't let her kill you, Sig calls after them. <laughs> Izumi is sharpening knives when Ed and Al burst back in, and she immediately throws one to embed in the wall right above Ed's head. How dare you come back here, she yells. But Ed and Al drop to their knees with determined expressions. We came here to try to find a way to get our original bodies back, they insist. We can't go home empty-handed. Izumi yells again for them to leave, with more threats, but the boys refuse to budge. She takes in Ed's determined expression and remembers that same expression on both their faces from years ago. They have the same eyes as back then, she thinks. You idiots, Izumi sighs, giving in. She turns to Al and asks him if he didn't see the truth when he was transmuted, and Al confirms that he has no idea what they're talking about with that. She theorizes that maybe he lost his memory due to shock, and declares that they need to help him get it back. After all, his entire body was taken, she says. Think what he might have experienced. I get it, Ed says. That guy talked about paying the toll. I just paid my arm and my leg, but with what Al paid, he must have been closest to the truth. Al is eager to try this, even if Ed and Izumi's vague descriptions of what it's like to see that thing are more than a little unsettling. <laughs> I enjoyed that panel very much. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> <They're really awesome. laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's a great description. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Al being like, that doesn't help at all. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> yeah. then they were like, I don't know, maybe it's too much. Maybe it's too much. Izumi <laughs> <laughs> thinks for a minute, then decides she'll ask an acquaintance of hers about memory retrieval. But before I do that, you must be hungry, she says with a smile. I'll make some dinner. Give me a hand. And when the boys look surprised, she adds, you're not leaving until you find your answers, right? Over in East City, Roy Mustang is playing chess with an old general. They discuss the fact that Roy's transfer has been finalized, and he'll be working in Central starting next week. The general says that he's been able to relax the last few years with Roy working so hard, and Roy thanks him for being allowed to tackle so many tasks and grow as an officer. Roy makes a move and manages to win their game, which surprises the general. He gets out a little book to record the win, stating that Roy has now won a single game between them, with 97 <laughs> losses and 15 stalemates. Consider this win my parting gift, he says, which Roy accepts with a laugh. The general then says that he would be happy if Roy took his granddaughter as his future first lady, which Roy says is jumping the gun a little. But there are some subordinates he'd like to take with him to Central. Yes, of course, the general says. Take anyone you'd like. We then see a series of scenes showing Roy's picks being recruited. We've seen them all before, though some only briefly. One soldier trounces several of his fellows in a game of shogi. Another one approaches him, confirms that he knows what shogi is by reciting a literal dictionary definition, and then tells him that the colonel wants to see them both. Elsewhere, another soldier fixes the wiring on a phone on base before being called over by an officer driving a car and offered a ride over to see Mustang. Our buddy Havoc is still working on the cleanup effort around the sewer explosion and searching for signs of Scar's body when the call comes in to summon him. And Riza Hawkeye is practicing at the shooting range when an instructor lets her know that the colonel wants to see her. She hits a perfect bullseye and says, yes, sir. In Roy's office, he addresses his collected subordinates. Master Sergeant Kane Fury, Warrant Officer Vato Fallman, Second Lieutenant Heyman's Breda, 2nd Lieutenant John Havoc, 1st Lieutenant Riza Hawkeye. The five of you are being transferred to Central. I won't hear any objections. You're coming with me. They all salute obediently. But then Havoc realizes he does have an objection. He just got a new girlfriend here. <laughs> Dump her, Roy says with no sympathy. <laughs> you can find a new girl in Central. He then adds, laughing, that he's lucky they just started going out and the relationship isn't too serious yet. He got off easy. The rest of the group quietly console Havoc with pats on the shoulder. <laughs> I love their faces. Yeah. <laughs> Back in Devleth, Ed and Al leave the town library and hurry back to Izumi's, taking a shortcut through some back alleys since they're running late. They run into a beggar wrapped in a tattered cloak who asks them to spare some coins. Ed and Al try to brush him off, but he keeps pace with them, saying that he's sure a state alchemist like Ed must have plenty of money. After all, he's famous, the alchemist who transmuted his brother's soul. That stops them dead in their tracks. Am I right? The beggar asks with a tilt of his head. Ed glares at him. You're starting to get on my nerves, he says. You, sir, in the armor, the beggar continues. You don't have a body, do you? Ed kicks the beggar, who continues to instigate, taking Ed's anger as confirmation that his guesses were right. Eventually, Al holds Ed back and picks the beggar up by his collar, using his size for intimidation as he says, Give it a rest, okay? The beggar nervously starts to apologize, but then something flicks out from behind him almost too fast to see, dislodging Al's armor head and startling him enough to let the beggar go. That something happens to be a long, lizard-like tail that the beggar had hidden under his cloak. He exclaims triumphantly that Ed and Al are definitely the ones who transmuted his soul, and then lands easily on all fours, using his strange tail for balance. What the hell? Ed demands, kicking at him again, but the beggar dodges away, crowing that he got what he needed and making a run for it. Ed tries to stop him using alchemy to wall off the alley entrance, but the tail isn't the only thing lizardy about the strange man, and he easily scales right up and over the wall like a gecko. I'm frowning. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Ed cries, staring up after him. In a bar across town, the lizard man is reporting to his boss, a man wearing a lot of leather and with a beautiful girl on each arm. Good job, Beto. You're really something else, the man praises. I didn't think they'd come all the way out here to Devleth. They saved us the trouble of looking for them. One of the man's other subordinates asks what he wants them to do, and he tells them to get the brothers over here. Tell them it's an emergency, he says. If they resist, bring them by force. He grins a sharp-toothed grin and moves his hand into frame, revealing the Ouroboros tattoo on the back. No matter what you do, don't kill them. They're important guests. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> to end chapter 25 with. Yeah, we're halfway through. <laughs> it's a... It's a um... It's like a, yeah, it's like a commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Chapter 26 opens with Izumi visiting her doctor. When he finishes her checkup, she asks him if he knows anything about recovering lost memories. The doctor says it's not his area of expertise, but hypnosis therapy is common, and he's also heard that a strong shock can sometimes make memories resurface. Izumi takes that to mean she should try punching Al in the face when she gets home. <laughs> she thanks the doctor and goes to leave, and he tells her that she seems healthier lately and wonders if she's getting more rest. Not at all, Izumi says with a laugh and a grin. Ever since my family got bigger, I haven't had a moment's peace. It's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Back at home, Ed, with a nearly full-page shocked expression, suddenly realizes that he totally forgot about this year's state alchemist assessment, which has to happen, like, now. 
Zumi thinks this is a great opportunity for him to just quit and offers <laughs> to call up the military HQ to let them know, which he quickly begs her not to do. <laughs> he decides to go to South HQ since it's closest to Doublelift, frantically packs, and declares he'll whip something up on the train as far as his report goes. Following the grand tradition of doing your homework on the bus. I was like, this feels familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he leaves, saying he'll be back in a few days, and Al belatedly realizes that this leaves him alone with their teacher. He tries to take off after his brother, saying someone should keep an eye on him, but Zumi is too quick and drags him back for a sparring session. <laughs> Over at the Ishvalan slum, Scar is recovering well and building his strength back up using a makeshift weight made of stone and rebar. The kid who helped save him enters the tent and immediately scolds him for pushing himself before he's fully healed. Scar begins to stoically intone that Ishvalan warriors must train constantly, but the boy cuts him off by tossing a cloth at his face and telling him to wash up. You got a visitor, he says. A man in traditional robes steps into the tent, and Scar's eyes go wide. Master, he says. Scar bows to greet the man, and they both say how happy they are to see the other alive and well. Scar asks where he's been, and his master explains that he took refuge in the southern mountains with some other evacuees, but the military's been increasing its activities in the south, so he came to the east. That's when I started hearing rumors about you, he says. They say you've been systematically killing state alchemists. Scar looks down and says nothing. It is true that state alchemists are responsible for burning down our villages, his master continues. I understand why you hate them. But what you're doing is nothing but senseless violence. Vengeance sows the seeds of more vengeance. This vicious cycle has to stop. This is a time of trial. We must endure. Before Scar can react, two big men push their way into the tent. That's our man, all right. The Ishvalan with the X-shaped scar, one of them says. One of you desert rats was nice enough to tell us there's an injured man here with a bounty on his head. The other Ishvalans are appalled because no one here would sell out a fellow refugee, but they look around and find a familiar figure cowering behind a wall nearby. It's Yoki. <laughs> you guys remember Yoki, right? There's one person <laughs> sell out anyone for yeah. his own personal gain. <laughs> Yoki's looking a little worse for the wear, but just as slimy as ever, as the thugs confirm he was the one to tip them off about Scar. Yoki, how could you? The refugees demand. We took you in when you didn't have any place to stay. We treated you like family. Yoki sweats a little, but yells that he's not like the rest of them here. He just needs some money to get back on his feet, and then he'll rise back to the top. He orders the two men to grab Scar, but Scar calmly leaves the tent on his own. If I stay here, I'll just bring trouble, he says. But that doesn't mean he's surrendering either, as one of the big men painfully figures out when he puts a hand on Scar's shoulder and finds himself missing an arm. He drops to the ground, clutching at his bleeding stump. The other one tries to retaliate, but Scar grabs him by the face. I'll give you a moment to pray, Scar says, before killing him with his destruction alchemy. The man on the ground whimpers in terror as Scar approaches, trying to put all the blame on Yoki. Scar leans forward with a glare, but just picks up the man's fallen sunglasses and walks on past. You're leaving? Scar's master asks. Your older brother will be sad. Scar puts the sunglasses on his face. For me, there's no turning back, he says. Meanwhile, Al is sweeping out front of the butcher shop like a good boy when lizard man Beto tosses a note down to him from where he's hidden on a rooftop. Al reads it and looks around curiously. Across town, our new Ouroboros bearers, lackeys, are waiting around discussing whether or not Al will come and if he'll bring friends. There's a big guy carrying around some kind of sledgehammer, a woman with a knife holster and a tattoo running up her neck, and a smaller man with a katana-like sword. The smaller man seems to have an exceptional sense of smell as he sniffs the air and then announces to his companions without looking up that Al has arrived, and he's either brave or stupid because he came alone. Al approaches, and they tell him they've been waiting for him. Al holds up the note. We know your secret, he recites. Meet us at the abandoned factory on the west side. Are you guys the ones who wrote this? They confirm it, saying that there's a lot they know about him. Good, Al says, because I want to find out about myself too. They tell him he should come along with them, and he might find out what he wants to know, but Al says that his teacher told him not to go anywhere with strangers. <laughs> the three of them pause at that. How old are you? The smaller man asks. Al says he's 14, and the man says that that's plenty old enough to think for himself and make his own decisions. Be a man and do what you want, not what your teacher tells you to do. You're right, I should make my own decision, Al says eagerly, then kicks the man in the side of the head, knocking him to the ground. After thinking for myself, he says, I've decided to make you guys tell me. The other two ready their weapons, prepared for a fight as Al approaches, but Al just zooms right past them, leaving them in the dust. They stare in disbelief, then quickly take off in pursuit. At first they think the chase will be short, since they know the area and Al is new to it, but they apparently don't know that Ed and Al lived here for a while when they were training, and they also used to play hide-and-seek in this abandoned factory, so Al knows all the twists and shortcuts. They realize that Al's body doesn't tire, and he plans to just run them in circles until they collapse. The other man catches up to them, having recovered from Al's attack, and the three bicker for a moment over a plan. Through that, we learn that the big man is named Roa, the smaller man is Dolcetto, and the woman is Martel. Dolcetto and Martel, the faster ones, decide to pull ahead and try to cut Al off and force a fight. Meanwhile, Al waits in an open part of the factory and considers whether he should set a trap or something. <laughs> Before he can make a decision, Dolcetto drops down from a large broken pipe and engages him in a fight. 
Al holds his own well, but Dochero just manages to achieve his ultimate goal, knocking Al's head loose from the rest of his body. This gives an opening to Martel, who drops down and lands on Al's shoulders. Sorry to drop in, she says, and then her limbs stretch and twist, contorting in unnatural ways to let her slip into the opening in Al's armor. Al understandably finds this super freaky and tries mm -hmm. to unclip his chest plate to get her out, but Martel stretches her arms out into the hollow arms of his armor body, fighting against his movements with her own. You can't control me completely, Al says, straining against her. I'm still stronger than you. This isn't a contest of strength, Martel tells him with a satisfied chuckle. If I can slow down your movements even a tiny bit, then you're going down, Roa finishes, having suddenly appeared behind Al. Al turns to try and retaliate, but Martel is right. She's slowing down his reaction time just enough to let Roa get hold of his arm, slam his body to the ground, and successfully restrain him. You okay in there? Roa asks. Martel complains that she hit her head during the takedown. <laughs> Dolcetto, recovered again and annoyed at being beat up, carries Al's head over and tosses it to the ground. Alphonse Elric, right? Roa says. You're coming with us to meet our master. And that's the end of chapter 26. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, that was a fun romp. What a great story. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I discovered something very interesting and very intriguing, but not important at all. <laughs> so in the, the first panel after Scar's scene, where, where Al is uh, mopping up the, or sweeping up in front of the shop, mm -hmm. uh, did you see the little sign that's next to him? No. I think it's supposed to have like prices or something, but it has beef, pork, oh, yeah, it has <laughs> chicken, and then mammoth. <laughs> Is it cold in the east? <laughs> or is this just an alternate universe where uh, Mammoth is still for sale? Still available? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's like a size designation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you want the Mammoth size proportion? Yes. I just realized this time that Scar's arm... I don't know if they showed it before, but it looks like it was like a transplant. There's like a huge scar around the top part of his arm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is why they named him Scar. <laughs> no, I thought it was because of the scar on his face. But... Well, it's because he has scars. Scars. got all the scars. Oh, wait, they would call him Scars then, wouldn't they? <laughs> scars. Scars, plural. They yeah. showed his arm before, but I don't know if they showed the very tippy top part. Yeah, they I don't think have. so. We didn't see his arm at all for a while. And then like yes. when he first showed up in the Ishvalan slum, yeah, you could see the, the tattoo, tattoo for the first time. But yeah, but... I think this is the first time you see like, you know. His uh, entire bare arm. It just looks like it's... a it looks like a transplant mm -hmm. to me, which is extra weird. <laughs> yeah, to me. I mean, <laughs> instead of having auto mail, he has like an actual arm that was transplanted, mm -hmm. or maybe it wasn't. I don't know, but it's a huge scar, and it looks like it goes all the way around. So, mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll find out someday. But yeah, it's definitely a, a, a notable detail. Yes, mm -hmm. another notable scar. Mm -hmm. More scars for scar. Did it? Did they ever explain the scar on his face, or is that just something? Uh, I don't think it's been okay. It does get explained. said yet, except that it's uh, well. Uh, they did show that that the flashback uh, during the Ishvalan War. He Kimberly. did not have that yes. scar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we saw yeah. him without a scar. So, and... presumably, it was from the war. Mm -hmm. But that's about all they've said. All right, good. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. It wasn't explained. Mm -hmm. I guess we could talk about him first since he had that scene. Yeah. He exploded another person. That was great. Yeah. Two people. He still got his mojo. One only got, got his mojo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he still has his mojo. He still has his destruction arm. That was clearly attached in a Frankenstein-esque way. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> You're like, no comment. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor, nor deny, deny. Frankenstein in this universe. <laughs> oh, his name is Scar. <laughs> well, what was it? The, oh, the the they they referenced the uh, that fly movie. Oh yeah, the, the fly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it was the fly. Yeah, yeah. the fly movie. The fly movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was right. I was right. I called it the fly movie. Yeah, the fly. <laughs> like like B movie. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, his I was gonna say about Scar is that his master showed up. Yeah. So he also has a master like Ed now. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a lot of talk of uh, masters in these chapters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know. I was gonna actually I forgot to look up. I wanted to look up what his title was. Because uh, Rawa refers to. Uh, oh yeah. The, un the dude unnamed as... dude. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, Scar calls him Sifu. He calls him Shifu. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. 
I guess to imply that they're different than mm-hmm. well, or he's a what? kung fu master. <laughs> what word do they use for um for the mysterious man? Yeah, mysterious Ouroboros <laughs> man. The word is Aruji no Moto. Aruji, I am not familiar with as a reading for this kanji, but the cause that kanji is used to mean like master or whatever. And then Moto is the word that means like origin. Huh. Well, I'm going to Google this more after. But yeah, it's. I think it has more of a connotation of not like a martial arts master. Mm-hmm. More mm-hmm. like a, like the first kanji is used in the word like shujin which means like head of household that's what they refer to akito as i think in furuba mm-hmm. kayla i think that's what they call akito so like mm-hmm. it's more of a like master in the sense of like commanding master something. of the house quick to catch you yes exactly Never <laughs> 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 yeah i think they call akito go shujin but i forget exactly what they do I'm pretty sure. I'd have to double check that. Nobody mm-hmm. fact check me on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. That's kind of cool. I've never. I don't. I'm not super familiar with this. I want to understand this, so I'll look it up for next time. Yeah. I'll give myself homework. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's different. Cause... It's different than Izumi. It's different than the way that Scar called his master. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And there's like, like that. It's like uses different words in the Japanese, but it's like. Master has all those connotations in English, so mm-hmm. you can kind of use yeah. the same word and get that kind of... Apparently for uh, Shifu, which was what uh, Scar called his master, in Jisho it says the connotation here is fatherly master. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that's the same like Chinese characters for Sifu, for anybody who uh, yeah. anybody who's into kung fu movies. <laughs> or kung fu panda. Is, do they use mm-hmm. Sifu in kung fu panda? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the um the red panda yeah, the master, master character is named Shifu. Uh, yeah, so they they're all slightly different, slightly different connotation. But yeah, I think with mm-hmm. the mysterious guy, it's more of a connotation of more in charge and not like a he's in charge of them, not necessarily nurturing them. Like I think the other two are. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I'm gonna Google that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm intrigued by this. Yeah, it seems like it might have less like less of a give and take kind of connotation than no. like master and apprentice does. And we see that I think in the way that he's presented too, where he's like hanging out of the club telling the other people what to do and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, interesting. That was intriguing. Did we finish talking about scars? I forget. <laughs> it's like I'm not a regular master, I'm a cool, cool master. <laughs> yeah, you can tell by his tiny sunglasses and his fur fur and leather coat. Fur collar leather coat. That's what makes you cool, <laughs> right? Yeah, and when you oh, flip yeah, off the audience yeah, in your off. introductory panel. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I don't know if the middle finger has that kind of connotation in Japanese either. That's funny. I've never I think it's it. like been picked up and is used I mean, like yeah. a little more casually in <laughs> in like Japanese media than... Uh... People wouldn't get so offended, I guess. <laughs> in a way... Okay, so I guess with... Uh, I'm trying to remember if there's other things I wanted to say about Scar. Well, yeah, he blew up some dudes... So he has a master. He also said something specifically about his older brother. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, your older brother will be sad. So I wonder if that means that... I don't know. He had he mentioned his father and his brother in the dream that he had with Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Too. So I don't know that there's something to say about it yet, but he mentioned it came up again. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think we're building on... Um, it's more of like building toward like Scar as a... like actual human being with mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know he's got like people he knows and has cared about and like still cares about mm-hmm. like with his master coming and everything yeah it is nice it's nice that he's definitely not like like i said before i feel like from the beginning it's not like he's particularly like sympathetic but i also don't think that he's 100 percent bad mm-hmm. yeah not yeah, like, like lust. He's not... lust is creepy something's wrong with her <laughs> yeah i mean mm-hmm. in multiple ways probably but <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah he's not yeah. like them yeah like there's implied complexity from like his first appearance mm-hmm. but like now we're starting to see more of like yeah, i believe he's extremely convicted uh, about blowing people up for sure yeah whether that's yeah. right or wrong is up for debate mm-hmm. i mean his his, his uh, sifu even says you know like i understand where this hate comes from mm-hmm. but it's it's not the you know right path to take basically mm-hmm. what, what do they call it a trial or something he said you have to yeah, endure he... or something yeah, he yeah. Said, like this is a time of trial we must endure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i mean yeah. And his whole speech about the, like, cycle of vengeance, basically, mm. um, 
to keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely echoes the cycle of other things that we've seen. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 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 He does say vengeance like begets other vengeance and whatever in his Sifu way. Mm -hmm. Can we call him Sifu yeah. from now on? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I like that Yoki was the instigator and he didn't even get fucked up by Scar. Although he did get beaten up by it's... all the other people, but I was so yeah. annoyed. I mean, it cracked me up for Yoki to reappear when I first read this. Like, I was not expecting him to come back. Yeah, I know, same. <laughs> but I was also like, this is so fitting. This is where yeah. he belongs. It's like, this is exactly, like, it's the Yokiest Yoki thing and then, he could do. <laughs> I know, and then when he was like, um, I know. And then when he was like, he was like, oh, I... He was like, I don't belong here with you, you know, like scum or whatever. If I get my money, I can work my way back to the top. You're the ones who lost the war. I was like rolling my eyes so hard. I was like, you're <laughs> such a dick. Like, you're so. Yeah. It's just very, yeah, it's I mean, very like, yeah. That's very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just awful. Awful. <laughs> it's like, and they're like, we took you in and treated you like family. And he's like, no, I'm not like you. But it's like, you're mooching mm -hmm. off of these people's kindness. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was shitty. Um. But yeah, I was sad that he didn't even get fucked up by Scar. Maybe he'll come back again <laughs> after all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was. <laughs> I mean, it was funny in a horrible way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he managed to get away once again by still being an asshole, but didn't get fucked up. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, these other two, the brawny dudes, got really messed up. Yeah. So I guess I thought originally that they were also part of the refugee camp and they were turning on each other, but then it seemed like they were outsiders. Yeah, it seems like he just found like two big guys with low morals and asked them to, <laughs> <laughs> to come in and <laughs> to help him turn in a bounty. Yeah, pretty much. They're like, we'll split it three ways, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yoki's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't point to me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, that was, um, <laughs> that was a good time but yeah we mm -hmm. we learned about scar more about scar a little bit more mm -hmm. so and he's on the move again i guess although he's still like bandaged up so yeah yeah like that he's what? getting like scolded by the little kid <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah constantly he's mm -hmm. like let me lift weights with this like stone uh thing yeah. yeah, it's like a dumbbell made of like rebar and concrete, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Yes. At first, I was like, maybe he transmuted it, and then I was like, oh, he can't actually transmute things; he can only destroy things. Oops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a makeshift, um, a makeshift barpel that he's mm -hmm. just like crushing, and the kid is like, "Can you relax?" Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how long he was there. It's kind of hard to tell how much time has passed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it seems like he got yeah, pretty badly still, injured, I guess. Yeah, it was like he's still healing, so I guess he survived an explosion and almost drowning in the sewer. Yeah. So And the um and they're still cleaning up the explosion back in right. uh, in the city, so just feel like so much has probably, happened. Yeah. Maybe it hasn't probably been that long. Some weeks to some some months. months. Probably not that many months. I can't imagine it's even been that many weeks. It just yeah. seems like a long time. I guess we yeah. flashed back. I'd probably a say lot. anywhere from like uh two to six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Healed enough to lift a barbell, but not yeah. healed enough to take off his bandage. <laughs> Although maybe it's just stubbornness. Yeah. Okay. Who do you want to talk about next? Or what would you like to talk about next? I don't know. We got quite a, There's a, a smorgasbord of, of characters to, pick, to discuss this. We can go back to Izumi. Yeah, we can. Let's talk about Izumi. Yeah, so we got the uh, the full details of her human transmutation attempt, mm -hmm. or at least, you know, the full story, the full, story. full details, yeah. Again, I, I, uh, I know we talked about it during the recap, but the, uh, them talking about the truth <laughs> is so good. <laughs> the weekly arms, you mean? Yeah. yeah, with the weekly arms and all that. And Alice's like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, because like, after reading those chapters, you're like, that's not a bad representation I mean, of what it was like. <laughs> it's probably as good as you can describe it. I mean... Mm -hmm. And then I think she was able to do what I think when we couldn't you mean get him to cry. Get them to cry. Yeah, it's kind of hard yeah. to tell, but I assumed they were crying. Yeah. I didn't really think they were quite crying. You don't think they were yeah. crying? Yeah, I feel like with, with how big of a deal they actually did make it before, um, if if they were crying, I feel like they would have showed, she would have like, drawn the tears. Still, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, at least, at least it's a step in the right direction. Mm 
Yeah, I do love the like the two panels of like Ed's like eyes going wide in surprise, and then mm -hmm. just kind of like like sinking into it. Like it's like oh, affection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> even if they didn't cry, it's still like I feel like a lot of when they talk about the the transmutation, their Ed and Al are like, yeah, like I mean, we kind of deserved it and whatever. And, like, mm -hmm. we saw the reactions of, like, Roy and Pinaco, kind of, and, you know, all the other people who kind of know about it. And they're mm -hmm. all, I mean, they were kind of, they don't really, like, scold at an L. I feel like they kind of, um, they're not happy. They're not, like, nobody really treats them the way that, about it, the way that Izumi does, I guess. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, like, Roy was kind of a dick about it, and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like, uh, like for like Panaco and Winry, like it was just so like fresh. Like they were just dealing with the aftermath. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. At the moment, and that you know, no one like sat down and you know was like, so how do you feel about that? Since yeah, <laughs> yeah nobody. That's what I mean. Like it's not like they're mad, mm -hmm. but they're also not very. They're kind of they're like I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Kind of like expression yeah. as opposed to, Izumi's like it's okay. You don't have to like pretend like you're okay with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I also feel like none of them like would even know like how to breach that subject. Yeah. Like, yeah. like how do you even like how, like how do you even start that conversation? But like you know, Izumi like experienced the same thing, so mm -hmm. she can be like bullshit. It sucks. You can talk about how much it sucks. But yeah, it was kind of nice that somebody because like they again like we see them always kind of you know pushing themselves and mm -hmm. sort of like I mean maybe not like pretending they're okay, but I think they're still kind of in denial. I mean been like yeah. what, two years or something three, three i think yeah it was a huge it i think that they kind of like react the reaction that we've seen is them being like yeah we did wrong like we know we did wrong we're sorry and they're everybody's kind of like okay like yeah you know you tried to do this thing and messed up but nobody ever talks about like i mean they lost their bodies like they lost so much in this experience and i feel like that maybe hasn't i don't know we haven't seen really other people kind of acknowledge that it's like they're kind of neutral about it. But yeah, Izumi can relate to them in a way it that nobody else can about mm -hmm. everything that happened. Yeah. Probably yeah. the same feelings, probably the same feelings that led them there and the same like process and then the same experience for Izumi and Ed, right? So mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway. It was just very touching. I liked that scene a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we expected Izumi to yell at them. I love how she's like, go get coffins. <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> But then she's like, yeah, they're like, it's we did it to ourselves, it's fine. And she's like, it's okay, you don't have to, like, push yourself so hard or whatever. Yeah. I feel like in general in these chapters, we see, like, a lot more of the affection between Izumi and Ed and Al. Even mm -hmm. the doctor um, noticed. Which, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a sweet moment, too. Because, yes. like, we've seen, like, we've seen, like, they obviously care about each other in the previous chapters. Mm -hmm. But there was so much of the, like, kind of comedy and drama around, like, their, like, harsher yeah. training. And, mm -hmm. her, like, and how, like, scared they were of, like, her disappointment in, like, what they did and everything. Yeah. Well, I think they're scared of her disappointment because they have a close relationship. I mean, yeah. she's basically a mom to them. Like, that's what mm -hmm. we see in these chapters, really. Yeah. And she even joked, like, called them her family, I think, to the doctor, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, beyond yeah. a student and pupil relationship with them, I think. Yeah. Like, it's never, like, completely explicitly stated, but, like, it's obviously, like, you know, because, like, she lost her mm -hmm. her baby who would, like she said, when she, like, first met them, would have been around their age. Mm -hmm. And like you know now she has these like you know boys she has to look after and... boys without parents <laughs> yeah who mm -hmm. she has to give a moral compass to sounds kind of like raising mm -hmm. a child yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they've kind of like somewhat filled that like hole in each other's lives yeah for sure obviously not 100 percent because no one can do that but no but like yeah. i do i feel like you get the sense from these chapters that they have a close kind of they have a familial relationship for sure and i mm -hmm. like how when yeah. so Izumi's like, I'm, I'm like expelling you as my students. And then Sika's like, well, now that means you can just treat each other as equals. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes also a like, SIG. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I also like SIG's relationship with them too. Like it's a yeah. little more low-key than the, the one they have with Izumi, but it's obviously also somewhat of a parental Definitely. Mm -hmm. I think he cares with them. And Mason's like their big brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who scared the shit out of them on that island. <laughs> As any big As brother big should. Brothers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you would know, Cosmo. You scared the shit out of your brother, right? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although we didn't have to go to an island to do it. You don't have to, but it's just, you know, not part putting of, in the effort. Part of, yeah, really. Mm. Did you really scare him if you didn't go to a deserted island? And... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, anyway, I thought that was really nice in this these chapters. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It was kind of a weird hodgepodge of things that happened in these chapters. I mean, it's all moving yeah. forward, but yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and Izumi, yes, and we did learn as oh, the reason Izumi is sickly is because some of her parts of her organs are gone. It didn't really explain what is missing mm -hmm. <laughs> or how that shit works. But yeah, you do see, which I never noticed until this read through. Um, in the panel where she's visiting her doctor, you can see a pretty substantial scar on her her abdomen. abdomen. Yeah, I did notice yeah. that. I was just like, man, how did she explain this to her to the doctors when she went to yeah. like the hospital or whatever you know mm -hmm. however the however she managed to get patched up <laughs> mm -hmm. maybe alchemy experiments gone wrong happens a lot in this world yeah, I was like, <laughs> you could probably just say like some bad alchemy thing happened without fully being like i broke the laws of alchemy yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean you definitely and i'm being punished for my sins yeah you would definitely <laughs> lie about it for sure <laughs> I mean, like, Father Cronello's hand, like, partially transmuted with the, like, gun or whatever, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you would fix that as a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe alchemy, bad alchemy accidents happen sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, let's see like, made sure uh, no one had to figure out how to fix Cronello. I lost some of my organs in the Ishvalan War. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What did you say, Lust and Gluttony haven't figured out how to what? I said I said Lust and Gluttony made sure no one had to figure out how to fix it. Yeah, no, no, no. There's no there's no problem there. He was disposed of. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. But that was nice. Yeah, you do see the scar. It's a, a substantial scar on her abdomen. Mm -hmm. uh, something's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Coughing up blood on the regular, so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the truth is a dick, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A dick who likes uh, poetic uh, Just punishments. Certainly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I imagine in this case that... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's like... I always think like... Uh, we have the expression in English, it costs an arm and a leg. Yeah. I always wondered if it was kind of based off of that, but I don't know if there's a similar expression in Japanese either, or if that's just something yeah. that people know. There's a lot of memes about it in the English-speaking fandom. Definitely. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's... it's it's right there. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> so they talk, Ed and Al remember the, the, the truth. They remember truth mm -hmm. They're familiar, as it were. Yes. <laughs> but like Al doesn't remember. But Izumi thinks that perhaps he just has amnesia about it. And that's the mm -hmm. current tactic for how to. And then they also think that because his whole body was taken, he may have seen the key to human transmutation, mm -hmm. as we discussed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, we yeah. were kind of talking about that. Mm -hmm. uh, that perhaps there is a price, but the price might just be too high. Perhaps there yeah. might be a way to learn um, the full, fully how to, whatever, the truth of the universe or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. That perhaps if you give your whole physical body, you, you could. You could learn mm -hmm. the truth. So anyway, that's the working theory. And mm -hmm. Izumi's going to punch it right out of L. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, if he ever gets out of the... Sticky situation. He's I called in. them the Slime. creepy crew in my notes. Yeah. When you, I kind of love them. They're entertaining. Characters. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. They creeped me out though, especially the dude with the tail. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> such a creep. And then yeah, I I was like, is Martel stretching out her arms inside of Al? Like, is that happening? And I convinced myself that it wasn't, but it definitely <laughs> was. Right? There's like cracking noises too. There's like a mm -hmm. cracking sound effect. I was like, oh, are you like yeah. stretching out your bones? So gross. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and then also I was like, oh, she's twisting her legs and like stuff I just didn't notice the first time I read it through, but then when you described yeah. it, I was like, yeah, that's definitely fucked up. Mm -hmm. Is the big dude wearing a great Roa? Is was he wearing a military uniform or am I crazy? Or do you think it was just like a a military esque uniform? Uh, it definitely resembles a military uniform. I'll leave it at that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we're on the same page about that then. Yeah. I was like, that's not good. That's not good at all. Mm -hmm. I'm uncomfortable with that. But notably with no uh, rank insignia or anything like that. That's true, so. yeah. There wasn't anything on it. And he didn't, it doesn't have the like little, I don't know what you call it, but the sashy thing that they seem to have on the front too. Mm -hmm. um, which I always thought was just part of the like, like the breast of the coat, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. You can see it often in like Hawkeye's uniform, whatever that thing is on mm -hmm. the front. But yeah, it doesn't have that. It just seems yeah. like the front is really flat. So maybe it's not a dress uniform or something. 
but he definitely mm-hmm. it, he has a military uniform on. I'm gonna yeah. draw a line in the sand and say that. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was disconcerting. Yeah, it's like it seems like uh, at least most of these people have some kind of strange ability or <laughs> addition to their uh, their bodies because yeah. we got the mm-hmm. we got Beto with his uh, lizardy tail yeah, the, and most obviously yes apparently his hands and feet since he can climb up the wall yeah like a little chameleon skittered away yeah, <laughs> yeah. then we got uh, Martel who's doing weird things with her limbs she's Gumby yeah and then uh, we also got uh, Dolcetto he seems to have an enhanced sense of smell just like somebody else we know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Name gluttony. That guy. <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> and they were like, oh, and he's alone. So he can smell. He can smell Al. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah, because he just like sniffs the air and he's like laying on his back with his eyes closed and he's just like, he's here and he came alone. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen anything from the big guy yet, but uh, except that he's a big guy. But... <laughs> he was slow, according to them. <laughs> yeah. He seemed pretty strong, too. I mean, we haven't seen anything mm-hmm. else from yeah. him, but he was able to tackle, even with, uh, I'm sure even with Martel inside of Al, it probably wouldn't have been easy for somebody to wrestle him. So he's yeah. certainly very strong. But, I mean, Armstrong probably could have done it at that point, too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe he was using the Armstrong technique. <laughs> he's familiar with the Armstrong technique. <laughs> wrestling move has been passed down the Armstrong line for generations. <laughs> And yeah, then we their their master. We didn't learn that much about him, but he does have an Ouroboros tattoo. Mm-hmm. Also, he has his has. Do all of theirs have the uh, six pointed star? I think they. I do. think, I think they do. so. We haven't seen Lustre Gluttony in a while, so I forget where. Yeah, because they are. They're fairly satisfied with their the state of their job the last time we saw them, so they That's haven't shown right. up to to stir shit. <laughs> yeah, they were satisfied about killing Hughes. I haven't forgotten. Yes. <laughs> so often they did, right? Yeah, I think it and was. And they burned yeah. down the lab? Yeah, they blew up the... They blew up the lab. Yeah, they, or they the library. library. And they blew up the lab, and then uh, they killed Hughes. So as far as they're concerned, most of their loose ends are... Those assholes. ...taken care of, yeah. And I think Scar's possibly dead, mm-hmm. but... I think they're not as uh, convinced about him being dead as mm-hmm. the military is, though. No. Uh, I remember what Gluttony said about that. Well, actually, I'm looking at the chapter right now. And then Lust says he got away. Gluttony says I didn't get to eat him. Lust says they're there yeah. maybe next time. He won't mm-hmm. be going far because he's weak. Yeah, I think they think he's like probably dead or dying, but they're not going <laughs> to rely on that. They do have the six-pointed star also in their yeah. tattoos. At least Lust mm-hmm. does, so I assume Gluttony does too. His tongue is in a different book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they all do. That's like the standard, oh, it's those guys tattoo. So Team Rocket. I mean, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're definitely the villain gang. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I found and Vichy also has, or Vichy, yeah, they. The, the <laughs> yeah, they have the tattoo with the star. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So all of them. So they yeah. all are related. We've assumed at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that dude is alone. The mystery so, dude is alone, but he must be related mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, he's not hanging out with the same or same uh, crew. Yeah, Team Rocket gang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of my to make analogy. Gluttony meows. <laughs> <laughs> gluttony is kind of like meow. Yeah. <laughs> all, um, he, all he contributes is like creepy smiles and like I didn't get to eat him. So yeah, yeah. So we haven't had a a new addition to this crew Team in Rocket. a while. Yeah. yeah, we've had we had um, and Lust and Gluttony pretty early on, and then Envy showed up a few chapters later, and then uh, now this been just them so far. But now this Joker's here. <laughs> he does kind of look like a Joker with his little tiny sunglasses and leather. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, we've seen all the crazy shit that the others can do, so I'm sure that he can do something awful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, his um, yeah, he does seem to be a little separate from the others, both in the fact that he's just not hanging out with them, and that like he appears to just be like hanging out with normal, quote unquote, normal people. Like, uh, I mean, I guess he maybe has normal people in the in the club with him, but the rest of his gang isn't normal. Did you see them? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like non uh, Ouroboros. Uh, Tattoo people. Yeah, they definitely don't seem to have tattoos. Ouroboros mm-hmm. tattoos. Yes. But they seem to have weird powers like the Ouroboros tattoo yeah. people do. Yeah, so. that's why I say quote unquote. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're whatever Team Rocket's like cronies are. I guess they don't have cronies of cronies. <laughs> They're the Meowths. 
all three of them. Yes. <laughs> one is Meowth, one is Arbok. Oh, the lizard guy is Arbok. <laughs> um, and Weezing? The big guy's Weezing. <laughs> well, isn't... I don't know. I, I, I got like a, a, a snakey kind of vibe from Martel. Maybe. <laughs> She's kind of stretchy and slinky like a snake. Yeah. Is there a stretchy Pokemon? <laughs> well, I figured that, that that she could be Arbok, and then... Um... The big guy's gluttony. I mean, sorry, the big guy is wheezing. I think the big guy's mm -hmm. wheezing. And then you saying um, the sniffy guy, Dolcetto, is Meowth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> With the way he kind of gets keep getting knocked down and knocked yeah. back up, he kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Dolcetto's blasting off again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really proud of myself. This is the content I'm bringing today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, those guys. His posse. Mm -hmm. Yep. Random Orboros tattoo, leather wearing tattoo guy, his posse. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they. I'm so mad every time a character is introduced and doesn't immediately have a name because <laughs> <laughs> I have to find ways to describe them in the summer. You don't want to call him leather wearing Orboros tattoo g club guy. Yeah, thankfully he didn't show up that much after. <laughs> he had just the one appearance. But... Yeah, he just had the one appearance, and then his his crew we got all their names. Yeah, I spent a few lines like being like the bigger guy and stuff mm -hmm. with those three because if their names weren't introduced for a while, I would have just said like, all right, this is what their names are. are. <laughs> We're just going to go ahead and do that. But yeah. it was introduced a few pages they later. Get their so names I, like, I could do that for a couple lines. In the fight, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. I don't know. They're mm -hmm. uh, real weird and they have Al now. So uh, that's good. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Perfect. But then he <laughs> willingly went there. So yeah, I don't know. What did he think was no, going to happen? He told him not to yeah. talk to strangers. I know, what the hell? <laughs> she, she's going to come back and she's like, go get a coffin. I told you not to talk to yeah. strangers. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he was like, I do make my own decisions. Bye. <laughs> and like, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. The fight. I like how these like, we have all these like chase scenes and like fight scenes that are really funny. I mean, they usually end mm -hmm. with something bad happening, but the chase scene itself was funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How he kind of ran away from them and they were like, oh man, he's going to tire us out. Like, they know everything about him. It was creepy how the lizardy dude knew everything about them, too. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, I think... So, Envy Envy also said that they needed Ed and Al, or needed Ed. So, mm -hmm. clearly, these, like, Orboros tattoo peeps have some kind... Team Rocket. I want to call them Team Rocket from now on until we get a real name <laughs> for them. If we ever do. Um, But they have they have some... They clearly have knowledge of Ed and Al. And they have some yeah. desire for Ed for a human sacrifice, I guess they said before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, they have a lot of information about them, which is mm -hmm. disturbing, I think. Because the only mm -hmm. people we know who know all this stuff are like Roy, Risa, you know, Ed, Al, Winry, and Funako, right? And yeah. I guess Izumi now. Um, mm -hmm. And Kurt and uh, Sig. Um mm -hmm. But yeah, not a lot of people. So, yeah. I don't know if anybody else that we met. Armstrong, right? And well, then Armstrong doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, because the basically yeah, because think... he like he he's the oh, Armstrong interrogation technique. He also carried Al when they had to go repair their body, yeah. so he knows. Yeah. That's right. He did use the Armstrong beautiful interrogation technique. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He knows, and then he cried further. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh, then he told his uh his inferiors. They're his uh. His reports. Didn't he tell um, Brosh and Ross? I think they, I think they know some him. of it, but not as much as others know. They're like, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's right. That I forgot. Armstrong is very familiar now. But mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So like a couple people that we know of know their situation right now. So yeah. Yeah. it's mysterious that these other people have a, have a deep knowledge of... Mm -hmm. I mean, they're... Yeah, because, like, none of the people that we know know seem like they would be, like, you know... Like, connected with them. Like, talking about yeah. it in the bar or whatever, where they could be overheard, so... <laughs> Armstrong crying in the bar. Yeah. It's so sad. You'll never believe what happened. <laughs> Inspiring tale of brotherhood. <laughs> but, yeah. I So, yeah, I don't know... Uh... Anyway, so yeah, it's disturbing that there's people who know that much about them, and yeah. they're also disturbing people with their weird... Yes. Well, you know, stretchiness and what tails and whatever. Any yeah, any more to say yeah. about the creepy people? I don't think so. Not right now. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Nope. 
Okay. Um, well, the other thing that happened is that Roy got promoted, as expected. Yeah. Or he got well, transferred. transferred. He didn't get promoted. I think he's the same rank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're right. <laughs> and he picked a posse to take with him. Mm-hmm. Much like the... Is there a good version of Team Rocket? That would make them like Ash and crew, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ash is... <laughs> Ash is Ed and Alice Pikachu. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Roy, Roy, yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, like we already know, um, Hawkeye and Havoc fairly well. Um, yeah, you pointed out the but, others uh, had been there before. Yeah, we've seen them in like the background of like little like scenes where Roy's working with uh, people doing military stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, they haven't gotten names yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were most of them were also. I mean, if anybody else read the extras, they were in the, oh, the yeah. one with the mm-hmm. dog, Reese's dog. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was yeah. called. Like no, 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 the not dog, the dog. Uh, the name of the uh, chat, the ex. It's called like Dog of the dog Military? Of the question mark. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I remember Black Hayate's name. <laughs> so now we got uh, we got Hawkeye and Havoc, and then we got uh, uh, Breda, Fallman, and uh, Fury, yes. <laughs> who are also all named after military vehicles. I didn't have the time to <laughs> <laughs> to look up to five the, vehicles to stuff. link the pages this time, but that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll kind of see them more. I feel like we got little glimpses of their character with the little intros. Mm-hmm. Like, Havoc is still out mm-hmm. there uh, cleaning up the explosion, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Fury was, like, fixing a phone line. And then uh, Fallman was... Well, Breda was playing Shogi with the dude. <laughs> the other mm-hmm. dudes. And then Fallman was like, I know what Shogi is. Let me give you a different dictionary definition. <laughs> yeah. So, And then Hawkeye was, of course, at the shooting range. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that in the translation, they, uh, the gun range, um, what did you call him an instructor? Like the guy who's running the gun range was like, yeah. hey, little Risa, what's up? And I was like, ugh, <laughs> I'm annoyed. And I was like, maybe he just called her Risa-chan, which he did. But then I was like, everybody else refers to everybody by their titles. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Some, uh, you just know, little light sexism, mild, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sexism, sexism in the military? In the military, yeah. yeah. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, probably unfortunately realistic. I wouldn't know. I'm not in the military. But yeah, nobody, they didn't, he didn't refer to her by her rank. And I was annoyed. Yeah. But then he was mm-hmm. like, oh, great shooting as usual. So, I mean, he obviously like recognized her talents. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they're somehow supposed to be familiar those with can... each other, but I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, those can also be, you know, not mutually exclusive. That's true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're so definitely like, right about that. I respect you, so I can talk down to you. It's no, like, no, no, no. No, no, just refer to me the way you refer to everybody else. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, anyway, that was the thing that I noticed immediately. Mm-hmm. But usually people call her first lieutenant. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's not like a, not as rampant as it is in the real world, but <laughs> um, still a, a present thing. Yeah. I mean, it's probably... Which I'm okay with. I don't inclusion. need to be reminded of real world, the harsh realities of real world, the sexism or racism or anything at every turn in my, you know, fictional reading. We're definitely reminded of many of the harsh uh, realities of <laughs> sexism, racism, classism in these chapters, for sure. Enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But, I, I mean, it's a good little inclusion, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. There's one of those little details, like we were talking about with the um, the Winry chapters, with the automail stuff. Yeah. I mean, there was kind of the opposite. Well, I mean, the the dad the dad was like, "Why are you into whatever automail? You should go home, little girl, or whatever." But, <laughs> um, but a lot yeah. of them didn't seem to to care. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, it's the same kind of situation where it's like, like definitely not as um, like intensive a situation as you can often find in the real world, yeah. but still, still present. Yes, <laughs> kind of like realistically present though in the story. I guess mm-hmm. it's not like people just don't you know it's not like it's just like a thing i mean it's not like it's just like um you know everybody's perfect and respects Mm -hmm. each other in this world i mean part of i I have the assumption that going through the story is that part of the message is about that since we have all this like you know genocide is a huge topic uh yeah (laughs) just as at the off the top of my head um but yeah i anyway it was something that i caught in that part when i was like no how dare you not refer to her by her title Because Hawkeye's the best. Everybody mm-hmm. should respect. It's like, yeah, I mean, she got a like, perfect headshot there in the. Yeah, I would refer to her with shooting respect range, in the so, shooting yeah. range for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if anywhere. 
<laughs> I guess speaking of, I mean, we kind of just briefly talked about Winry before, but the chapter also opened on the scene where they're burning their house down with Winry mm-hmm. crying for them, I think. Yeah. I mean, probably for a lot of reasons, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always thought that, I mean, that scene, like, caught me off guard the first time, because yeah. I feel like you kind of get the feeling they just, like, burned the house and, like, left in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, whatever, but it's like, oh, it was, like, a thing, and, like, they had, like, their like family there to like support them like, yeah. while they were doing it and everything it seemed it was for sure implied that they burned the house down alone i think or at least not like they went there and burned it down in the night and then they pro- then it's like they told everybody about it later but no they were there yeah. yeah i feel like it kind of it's a nice um chapter opener because i think it has a sharp contrast to like the scene with izumi where she's like you don't have to like push yourself so hard or whatever you don't have to hold back mm-hmm um, yeah, because that's kind of like almost the beginning of their like, like we're gonna push this all back and move forward yeah. and like try to fix things kind of moment, like, mm-hmm. which like isn't a bad attitude to have, but you also can't like smother all your feelings about what ha- came before. Yeah, denial doesn't last forever. So yeah, <laughs> and to, to deny your own emotional reaction to things, and I think you have Winry being like, "You guys never cry for yourselves. You know, you never do this thing. Like you've never faced the emotional, the trauma of this thing that you did." And then mm-hmm. them going to, I mean, that's kind of the unstated, I feel like. Yeah. And then you have them later in the chapter going, and Izumi being like, it's okay to feel sad about what happened. I think it just adds to the thing we were talking about before, where we were kind of talking about how they obviously have a lot of, of support after um, trying to transmute their mom. But like, mm-hmm. in some ways, people can't really connect with them about it, but Izumi can. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that did scene did throw me off guard because it was kind of like, also it feel not like feels out of nowhere, but we just feel like we've moved on from that topic. But I guess part of maybe what might be recurring in this is that coming back to that over and over again. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is a kind of a nice like like bookend of all the flashbacks we gotten recently. That's true. Because you're like, like ah, this is like what what I'm familiar with. Like like we already know about this part, so like we see it and. We can kind of transition into the present day again. So, yeah, I guess last time they last time Ed got his license, right? And they said that they burned the uh-huh. house down after he got his military license. So yeah, it probably yeah. is the transition. And then it's like mm-hmm. back to now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but new with new uh, additional information that they were there. Yeah, yeah. I also feel like uh, part of the reason it like you don't expect it is like especially like in the earlier chapters they kind of like have this whole like like oh we're just like two loners. Mm-hmm traveling and getting stuff done and like it becomes repeatedly obviously where it's like no you have people who care about you and like want to help you and support you many people it turns out yeah usually yeah. too and sig too mm-hmm. yeah that is i feel like that's being slowly revealed they start off the series as like yeah we're just like lone travelers doing it on our own gonna get our bodies back yeah <laughs> and then it's like actually like this is a very emotionally painful thing that we're doing and we have this support network that we never tap into like that's part of what's happening here right yeah <laughs> so maybe that's about to be changing a little bit with at this place in the story that we're at but yeah and like mm-hmm. even ed talked to winry about it a little bit um yeah you know after the baby in uh rush valley that's what it, the place was called mm-hmm. so yeah a little bit starting to change a little bit but we're definitely character development yeah it's happening <laughs> We're presented with that attitude in the beginning of the story, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, we fucked up, but that's all behind us. We just got to keep going. Yeah. (laughs) That's the attitude. I'm punching the air. I hope everybody can hear it in my voice. (laughs) (laughs) If Ed could reach, they would be jumping and high-fiving. You know? (laughs) In slow motion. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It is kind of like... Freeze frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freeze frame at the end. Fade to black. It's kind of the attitude at the beginning. I mean, obviously, that yeah. sort of crumbles throughout. So far, we've seen where, like... Yeah, it's the attitude they're trying to present, anyway. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Izumi's pretty empathetic. She can see through it, I think. Yeah. Anyway, I don't have any other things to say about this. Yeah. I was debating on whether or not to mention now. It's just kind of, like, extra canon materials. It's not really spoilery. But this is, like, the only time the, like, joke comes up. Uh, the general, like, telling Roy that he should, like, marry his granddaughter. Oh, yeah, right. His granddaughter is Riza. What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm behind it too. <laughs> what? Yeah, it never comes up in the story itself, but like extra canon material that the clarifies author put this? out like, clarifies that, like, yeah, he's 
he's her grandfather. <laughs> Why didn't that come up in the canon material? That's very important. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's funny. And then moved on with the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been like, ooh. <laughs> How dare. I'm offended. I'm going to write an angry post about this. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're like 10 years too late. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's clear that, like, if Roy knows that or not, but... Um... Uh, he must. There's no way that he doesn't. Mm -hmm. They serve in the same office together. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. He never mentions yeah, the general's no, like, name. Mild spoilers, so... Reese's, like, family situation is slightly complicated. Mm. So I think it's possible it was, like, a secret for a while. Maybe. So, But I'm not sure what the, like, current status of the, the knowledge is at this point. But I just think it's a funny little, <laughs> like, trivia thing for the series. <laughs> Well, I'm certainly behind it. <laughs> I like how when uh, the range instructor or the range monitor, whoever, the dude, the dude who's an asshole, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that dude comes in and talks to Arisa and then he's like, oh yeah, Roy, turns out Roy got transferred to Central and she's like, hmm, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like she just kind of knew that it was going to happen. <laughs> so, anyway, that's funny. Yeah. She's like, oh, what a surprise. Shocking. Thanks for telling me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because so. he'd already asked her personally. Like, yeah, of course. In the earlier chapter, where he said, "Like I'm going, like I'm going to Central. You coming with me?" And yeah, she had to like, "You don't even need to ask." Thing. <laughs> she was like a thousand times yes. <laughs> 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 yes. It's a Pride and Prejudice reference. I'm bringing everything today, <laughs> not just Pokemon. <laughs> You've also sang a musical today, so we're. On... I did. <laughs> Contributed to Ron Brand today. Our, um, yeah, we diverged a lot, I think, too. But... So we're on definitely on brand. Did we talk about how um, Roy's superior officer knows about his ambitions? Oh, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we, yeah, did we didn't talk really talk about, about the scene like, itself. But... Yeah, we we talked about last time how you know um, Ed was saying something like he if I forgot exactly what it was, but like. He was saying, "Better check yourself before you wreck yourself." Yeah, basically, <laughs> like, like make sure people don't question your loyalty, that sort of thing. <laughs> and um, for his suit, like, I don't know how much of a secret it is. I mean, they do kind of say, you know, watch, watch what you're saying and stuff like that. But if he's telling a superior officer, which means either it's not that big a secret, or he really trusts that guy as well, right? Yeah, he seems to have a like a particular relationship with this general. Yeah, they seem to have a. I'm not gonna say a casual relationship, but they definitely seem to have a close mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. yeah. But also, I think it would be a reasonable. I think it's personally like a reasonable ambition to be like, one day I hope to become Fuhrer president. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like me saying I hope I become president isn't a threat to the president. Like you know yeah. what I mean? That's like, true. Yeah. It also seems like I mean this guy's like fine with it, but like we've already seen that like the other general Halcrow. Oh yeah, it's true. Like who may not be his direct superior, but is a superior officer. Mm -hmm. Like doesn't like Roy. Mm -hmm. and I didn't mention it in the summary, but yeah, the, the general was like, general's like, that guy's uptight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's like, I'm really sad yeah. Halcro's coming here. That guy's so uptight. Yeah. Um, so it seems like, you know, depends on which superior officer someone were to tell yeah. that it could yeah. cause a problem. I'm sure people, I mean, obviously they have different perspectives and personalities and whatever. Plus that dude, mm -hmm. he's like an ancient general or whatever. Like, He's probably like, oh, you kids and your ambition. He was, I mean, I think he was kind of teasing Roy about all the stuff that he had done. He's like, yeah, I don't have to, didn't have to work so hard now that you were here, you know? And then Roy yeah. is like, oh, <laughs> thanks for giving me the opportunity to do stuff. Like, I think, you know, anyway, I think just how you phrase it could yeah. be not suspicious, I guess, is what I'm That's thinking. True. Regardless of their mm -hmm. uh, relationship, but they do seem to have a good relationship. Yeah. And he's like a higher higher ranking general. He's like a lieutenant general. Yeah, I forget exactly is, what uh... his, he just calls him general, I think, but yeah. Yeah, I think he says lieutenant general at one okay. point. But, um, well, he's higher than uh, Halcrow. Is that brigadier general? He's like a major general or something. I forget. But he general, has a yeah. higher rank than Roy, but a lower rank than this dude, obviously, yeah. because he's getting transferred there. See, I can never remember how the generals go. I think it's brigadier general. Uh, it's major general, then lieutenant general. Yeah, so, um, Armstrong's a major general. He's just a no, major. he's just a major. Oh, he's just um, a major. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Military man. <laughs> yeah. Although um, Hughes is a brigadier general in death. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was promoted two ranks. That's what Roy said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hal Crow is, uh, I think, a major general, major and general. Um, Grumman's a lieutenant general. Oh, that's so his he's name. like. They didn't say his name. Yeah, so like. Oh, Maybe. sorry. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, they... Yeah, it doesn't really matter. No. But um, he's a lieutenant general, and then it's just general, and then it's Fear. Yeah. So he's very highly ranked. Yeah, of course. 
Well, he's clearly like in charge of that office, so I assume he has a higher mm-hmm. rank. Halcro was in charge of the other office out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like when he came came over to like yell at Roy, they're like, "Did he come here just to?" <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> seems to like him very much. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> Ed saved his life. He needs to relax. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's probably like, it's I like, could do you... it myself. <laughs> yeah. It's like, could you maybe chill? Yeah. <laughs> Play some chill out. This, Play some chess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. My mind is so blown that Riza is his <laughs> granddaughter. <laughs> Any other important things that we must discuss? Any more tangents we need to go on? I'm sure there's plenty. So. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about Kabbalah mm-hmm. again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's what I learned about the Tree of Life since last week. I definitely did not do any additional research on the Tree of Life. <laughs> you didn't get sucked further down the YouTube rabbit hole. I was too busy hole. sewing cat stockings. <laughs> that was. <laughs> I guess I should clarify that's Christmas stockings for cats, not stockings for their feet to wear. <laughs> Is that a thing that everybody does? I know Kayla does that. People have stockings for their pets. I've always had stockings for pets. You can buy them commercially. There's at least a market for it. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say everyone does yeah. it. But... I was just thinking about that today. I was like, is that a thing that everybody does? I've always done it. But Yeah, we always did it since I was a kid. Yeah. We had a stocking for our we get stockings for our hamsters. I mean. Then when, yeah. then when I got Bowie, it was like, I need a stocking with a bird yeah. on it. And Jane had a, my sister had a stocking for, for her bunny, Porkchop. <laughs> the greatest name for a rabbit that ever there was. <laughs> <laughs> She looks like a pork She child. did. She did look like a pork <laughs> She's about the size of a she pork was. She was the tiniest rabbit I've ever seen. She weighed like two pounds. Mm-hmm. I think even dwarf rabbits are normally bigger than that. I don't know how she ended up being so small. <laughs> she was a teeny... Dwarf dwarf. Dwarf dwarf. She was a... a teacup rabbit. Yeah, a teacup rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> she was a cute rabbit. So anyway. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, next week, we are going to do chapters 27 and 28. Right. Still just two. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Not for, for the summarizing. <laughs> yes. Not for long. <laughs> when are we doing three again? After the next one. Okay. <laughs> Is that episode we're, 13? Probably. We're yeah. On yes. 31. Yeah. Yeah, we're recording 11 right now. We're doing, yeah. 12 next We're doing week. 11 and then 12 and then, then 13, 13 will be the last one before Christmas. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's technically New Year's break because it comes out yeah. the 26th, yeah. but yeah. yeah. It's a Christmas break for us. <laughs> yeah, our Christmas break. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's a Christmas present for everyone else. Yay! <laughs> it's a Boxing Day present for everybody else. <laughs> okay, good. Well, anyway, so next time, two chapters. Yep. All 27, right. 28. I'm excited. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. See you all later. Bye. Bye-bye. see you all later i can't see anyone here it's It's okay it's okay (laughs) someday we'll be together again (laughs) (laughs) i was was talking to the audience oh yeah no we won't see them no they'll hear us but we won't see them (laughs) i guess potentially we could see them but we wouldn't know they could probably see us (laughs) if we did a live stream but i like but my well, face I mean, is a you secret. Know, it's like maybe one of our audience members lives in the same town. As oh, yeah, that's true. They, they could, could pass each other they in the street. They could see us on the street. They might know if they heard our voices. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, I, see you next I, time. I changed, yeah. I okay. my voice for podcasting. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> I walk around with like a Darth Vader mask on. Yeah, so I, say, like, I, and... <laughs> I was thinking also like Home Alone. Can you watch Home Alone so I can make jokes? Jeez. <laughs>